In this episode, I have with me the most talented Sandeep Rao. I've been a big fan of him and his stand-up comedy for years, and it's a privilege to really have him here. We often struggle with identity, and we often choose to describe what we do as our identity. And this conversation with Sandeep made me dwell into who am I, and that really opens new avenues for how you look at life and how you journey through life itself. We then dwell deeper into the art of unlearning to really rediscover who you are and then go through the journey of learning. This is a very detailed and very personal conversation on Sandeep's journey post-discovery of the retina disorder to who he is today. Like the tagline of our podcast, all great things begin with an attitude makeover. And my conversation with Sandeep really represents this. As always, I hope you like this episode as well. And please don't forget to subscribe, like and share. Thank you again for tuning in. I don't. Uh, so Vishnu is um, uh, new. This is yeah, day one. Yeah, he was telling one. me. He was telling me. And so uh, normally we start and we just get comfortable and we continue. We don't. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Yeah, that's stuff. a good way. Yeah. Because I am very conscious. The guests are more comfortable. Mm. I'm. I told you, I'm very uh, super shy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Let me host you <laughs> on your own podcast. <laughs> so let me start with uh, really that's understanding good. who is Sandeep. Oh God! Okay, this is therapy or a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go whenever you're ready. Yeah. So, who is Sandeep? Oh my God! Um, you know, it's interesting that I've sort of spent the past couple of years and um, really sort of tried to figure out what more than who is Sandeep, what does Sandeep want to do? But that sort of kind of goes down the path of you have to get start with who is Sandeep, right? Yeah. Because um, I think there are this this sort of sense of things that a person is conditioned into believing as a result of their environment, right? It could be family, it could be friends, it could be school, it could be university, it could be your job as a result, which determines um, a lot of who you are. And and uh, that might just be the outside world. And the outside world, even your family, your parents, even though you're really close to them, they're not you. Yeah. Uh, so many times that is projected onto a human being and that becomes an, a sense of self which you kind of take because you're like you know it's easy okay this is uh, me as a son this is me as a brother this is me as a student in this school these are my classmates who think of me in this way um, these are my friends who kind of build this relationship around what they see me as and what happens you never really sort of give time to who you are mm. and what happens as a result is these um, narratives are formed uh, around the, the, the sen- sense of self. Yeah. So if you are this person who doesn't have self-worth, then a lot of the relationships are formed along those themes. Yeah. Whether it's self lack of self-worth, whether it's a sense of um, a need to have external validation. So you kind of attract people unknowingly this happens a lot of times unknowingly and that becomes these bonds which have these patterns and before you know it you've lived a lot of your life without understanding who you really are 
and many times you don't want to change it because it's comfortable even though it may not be healthy the relationships may be toxic they might be manipulative and a lot of this happens without the person knowing the friends might say certain things to keep you off balance the, your parents might expect you to do what they tell you to do because they have done so and you've never sort of pushed back mm-hmm. so all these things happened and i think um, for me uh, 2017 like was a really sort of interesting phase of um severe anxiety right which is the hot word right now everyone's like oh anx- anxiety yeah, me too like i have it as well <laughs> not to take away from the actual me too but just to make sure the people who are politically correct like how could he brings me too into his conversation he's a man but there was a strange phase of anxiety and severe kind of uncertainty with um who i am uh, with uh, what i'm doing why i'm doing that because at that point i was like maybe 8 years into doing stand up i just started this radio gig and um, just going to work was a big uphill battle right just getting out of the house getting into the car and it was all comfortable not like i have to catch an, an auto which in fact might have been better right but just having these panic attacks after panic attacks i'm like what the hell like this shouldn't happen to me i've overcome a disability and living with uh, why this and all these questions started starting from there and then sort of fast forward uh, which wasn't a really quick fast forward it was kind of slow forward <laughs> through therapy and etc um to the lockdown right mm. and just to sort of put a pause on that a uh, lot of the coping mechanisms i developed over the years were very unhealthy uh be it you know excessive drinking be it ex- i mean under the guise of partying mm. which of course stand up then reinforce because it's good right we are like oh cool this comedian's really funny gets hammered and does funny stuff on stage which is not always healthy physically or mentally yeah. and that sort of catches up with you at a um at all levels in your life at all aspects of who you are to what you end up doing what you end up saying and when you're in the space of stand up especially more and more scrutiny comes into i'm not a public figure but i am a figure who lives publicly as a stand up comedian you are uh, a public figure in some sense yeah but what i mean by that is you know i never took myself seriously as someone um who as someone who people might look up to or uh, hold responsible or accountable for his words mm-hmm. so i was kind of flippant kind of you know living uh with you know um irreverent dirty material on which is totally fine but the problem where i started sort of feeling where my entire sort of being was um um you know it's got it sort of becomes tied up with labels so you kind of uh when you don't know who you are what you do becomes who you are yeah and that is a problem because a lot of the doing then reflects on your self worth so if you do well it goes up yeah if you for instance like if you do well at a show or you get a gig or you get a bunch of gigs you do uh well okay cool as a person you are doing uh, you are a better person and people around you start uh, rewarding you applauding you because that's the bond i told you that the yeah. relationship that you formed is based on achievement on outcome uh you do badly then the drop is that much more drastic than people come in and swoop in the established infrastructure of relationships swoop in and they start saying things like oh you know maybe you should drink less maybe you should focus a little more on your life and they, this concerned patronizing tone mm. which you've built up yourself because yeah. you gave the window for them to sort of step in um so that kind of repetitive behavior kind of led to i wouldn't say one fine day i was like i've had it but uh 2020 lockdown happened uh i think my behavior was getting out of control like it was getting very sort of volatile it was getting belligerent i was talking crap i i was not really in a place where i was respecting my relationship with my wife and that's the first sort of thing 
which is important right because you made this decision to live with this person and if they um aren't sensing that sense of dignity and respect and this thing you 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 can easily say oh no it's marriage and then no marriage jokes right but yeah. the reality is that there is something fundamentally especially someone who you you married because you love them not because out, out of a sort of setup or a social kind of responsibility then you have to look at what's happening it may it's not all external mm. and then fortunately uh, i'd like to thank the lovely people in wuhan uh, for sending the virus my <laughs> way <laughs> it's horrible to say that but i know why a lot of people did struggle um as a result of the lockdown and pandemic and the virus itself which killed a lot of people i think it has done this reset button uh, this reset for society so while a lot of people did um get terribly uh, impacted i think for a lot of people it was a way to take a step back mm-hmm. and say one second what what have i been doing what is this headlong rush towards bin and why uh, am i doing what i'm doing and that sort of is where i started off this con- this this point about when you asked me who i am because that's exactly where i came back to i was like what, what more than uh, who i am let me understand what i'm doing and why i'm doing that mm. and so the behavior i kind of started studying or not, i wouldn't say studying but started looking at things okay you're not able to go, yeah you're not able to go out with that same group uh okay so then you're not able to perform okay so what are you without your act on stage well i'm the same person mm-hmm. uh what are you without those boisterous nights where you're the center of attention well i'm actually doing great i can sleep early wake up early um why are you um you know why are you constantly trying to get attention from the outside world well this is what it makes me feel and i can be perfectly fine without that feeling so just questions and i think the 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 in, the questions start at a very sort of superficial level and they start getting deeper and deeper and deeper and then you kind of realize that when you start doing things for yourself the primary motivating factors which are outcome achievement really don't mean anything mm. and of course i still date i mean i'll still be like it'll be great to get a special on netflix but it's not as important as what what it was in 2019 you know yeah. so who is sandeep ra <laughs> is i think slowly coming out um, from all this noise and i think what i re- truly enjoy is i truly enjoy um now i've realized that while i spent too many years kind of pushing away family and trying to impress the world it's the opposite that really makes me happy which is my family and my close friends and even friends um the narrative where the conversation would be oh the concerned friend like sandeep are you okay are you um you know we we will we look out for you as a disabled person or i mean not not in those exact words yeah. but the tone is yeah. what it was right the intent behind that so now i'm like even seeing changes in my friends uh, or the friendships because i'm i've taken things into my own hands for the first time in my life i'm doing things because i want to do them i uh, say things because i mean them uh i don't lie to myself uh and i the think the biggest thing um is i've started liking myself <laughs> no <laughs> i think I, yeah. uh, i can relate with this but mm. i love the way you've articulated the journey itself right like mm. i can so relate with every aspect of what you said and i think as my audience um we go after a title we go after success yeah. and we define ourselves based on some of these at- attributes Absolutely. i think covid really helped us in a lot of ways to step back and look at first of all what is priorities what yeah. makes you happy 
um and i think i love the way you articulated this journey itself to mm. come back to who is sandeep and i can completely correlate with uh, this journey yeah i think one more thing covid taught us is that all these values of labels right titles could be ceo could be uh, funniest comedian or it could be youtuber of the year whatever it may be it really doesn't matter because you know especially from a sense like oh my my next podcast doesn't go up what's going to happen it's crazy people have said you have it's all about consistency weekly launches weekly releases nothing nothing matters you know when you have to look at life and say one second if i get this virus i might die yeah <laughs> nothing matters if your next video doesn't go up next week you know okay. i don't even curse on this but fuck it right like you don't care <laughs> yeah uh, sorry which yeah, is more work no, for which no, to edit out <laughs> <laughs> but really nothing matters what does matter how you spend time with your mind with your body with your yeah. breath with your uh, with your wife or partner or husband whatever you want to call them and with the people who really matter who are going to be with you along your side um, for this journey right yeah because nothing else like whether it's the label of activist or the label of vegan or the label of comedian all those are just things that you do because you want to and not and you shouldn't be doing it if it's for reward or recognition or validation or getting those extra 10 likes because at the end of the day uh that's very fleeting and yeah. it doesn't really um give you a sense of grounding in um day to day sort of sense of living and yeah. satisfaction of life right yeah yeah no i think i i agree with you i i want to go to a little before that as well mm-hmm. so When I was a kid I I think I told you this I lost my dad when I was a little around 3 years old mm, and yeah. I don't recollect much about him but the fact that in the last stage I mean he had chronic diabetes and mm. in the last stage we saw the eyesight really diminishing yeah and as a result of it there's a lot of changes in our house whether it is the clock the books everything was slowly changing to accommodate that transition he mm. was going through tell me how did you go about it was it sudden was what what was that like you know the good thing maybe and the bad thing maybe uh, about the human mind is that it kind of protects you from your own feelings mm. which is not always a good thing because sometimes you need to make peace with those feelings to move on yeah. and i think what happened when i immediately uh, immediately after losing uh my um so let me explain the sight situation is i have an eye condition which is a form of macular degeneration which is a retinal um uh disorder mm. uh the specific thing is called stargardt's disease so the way it manifests is that i've lost my entire central vision mm. and that happened overnight Oh, I slept night. yeah I slept one night woke up the next day and I was like wait a second let me wash my face it's all blurred <laughs> and I washed my face repeatedly for 30 serious? years yeah and um yeah the uh, central vision went overnight which was terrifying in a way uh, I think I'm trying to put myself in my 9 year old shoes um actually I don't even think it happened when I was sleeping uh I think it happened in class I just sort of rubbed my eyes trying to see what's on the board and I couldn't see that was mm. the last time I could see um I mean I have a little bit of vision I don't want to take away from that. I do have uh, at least at that point it was about 60% uh, peripheral which is the stuff in the sides of your eyes mm. and 40% uh, in my left eye which now is down um I just got checked up last a uh, couple of months back in maybe maybe last year sometime and that's dropped by 50% since 2015 so that's down to even less now. Mm. Um so the thing is I think we um you know i i i and that sometimes i talk talk to my wife nevi and i'm like am i harping on it too much am i sitting on this too long should i just move on and 
while that is the truth, I think some of these things that happen early on are harder to because of that protective sort of instinct that the mind uh, puts in place, right? Yeah. This mechanism, it builds it builds these barriers yeah. to protect your feeling because as a child, the, you don't know much of yeah. the world around you. You don't know much, especially about medical conditions. Mm. So when the doctors sort of threw me under a lot of scans and I, didn't, I don't use the word throw like in a bad way but they put me through a barrage of tests because they didn't know what's going on this is one in a million to start with mm. um, so they put me and it was, it's 1990 India so the while there were a lot of good doctors the research was out uh, and research was quite insignificant in this space still is um, not that uh, no cure out for it yet but uh, it's a lot better now with gene testing. You can tell what has caused it, etc., which I know now. Mm. But at that point, it was a lot of like going into a CAT scan at nine years old is not a pleasant feeling. Yeah. Being poked and prodded, put through um, fluorescent scans where they put a dye that makes you nauseous and your eyes are being held open by nurses who don't know what's happening. You're throwing up, crying at the same time. Kind of like what happened when I was 18. I was really drunk one night. Same feeling, <laughs> but different kind of situation. <laughs> a girlfriend breaks up with you. You're vomiting and crying at the same time. I shouldn't have drunk so much. I hate old monk. <laughs> but this was when I was nine. <laughs> so... Um, the tech has really improved when it comes to medical equipment. Right? In so, India as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. India's on top of the world. I mean, it, even back then with Shankar Netralaya, it mm. was cutting edge. But it's just that in the world of ophthalmology, the equipment has gotten a lot more advanced. They don't touch your eyes at all for the most part. And um, so that one year was really sort of, I think, terrifying. Mm. So I would go for checkup after checkup because they first thought maybe it's a brain tumor pinching on this optic nerve. Uh, or maybe a not brain tumor with the optic nerve, but a brain tumor kind of interfering with the visual cortex, maybe some nerve being pinched, various things, right? But then they um, sent me to Shankar Netralaya and then Dr. Badrinath, who's still sort of someone who I really thank for putting the fears of what it may be to rest by explaining to my mom and me, he might not go completely blind, but this is for life, mm. but he can live a normal, well, normal is um, subjective. But he can, he won't go completely blind, but he can make a life for himself, mm. which is a very reassuring for my mom, especially, right? Because th I think they went through a lot more, especially my mom went through a lot more because she, she was along um, for the ride with me, whether mm. she liked it or not. And that was tough for her, I think. And, you know, for me, I think now I can look back and, you know, say this is what I might have felt. But I really like salute the kind of strength that she had to take uh, up this fight of trying to raise a child with a visual impairment in 1990s India, trying to find the right school, trying to find the right kind of balance of not overprotecting me, yet sending me out there into this world and try to, you know, give me a chance to fight for myself. Mm. Uh, and I think as a result, you know, mistakes are made. I think overcompensation is a natural sort of um, outcome. So I think compared to now where everyone is like oh my god let's be sensitive to his or her emotions you know we shouldn't offend we shouldn't upset so that the part of me which grew up in 1990s india is like wait what the fuck right why are you being so sensitive right you need to be a little a bit facing adversity to become stronger because that's what i went through but maybe that's not the right way right mm. i don't have all the answers mm. but while um i think i have taken many years to make peace with uh, what i felt and what i went through i think What's happened is uh, my mom basically said, you can't just sit at home and play the victim. 
Mm. It's not going to get you anywhere. Most importantly, you are going to get hurt because you are going to be one fine day an adult saying, "Wait a second, where's my resilience?" Mm. So as a result, you know, I did everything. I, I played tennis with my remaining vision. I, I once that became a little dangerous, but I got hit on the face a few times. That's not a good good outcome for a tennis <laughs> game. Then I went horse riding for horse riding lessons. I went to a school not for special uh, children with special needs. Went to a normal school with a smaller class size. Then I started golf. Then I did piano lessons. My oh. mom just threw me. into Everything. every activity yeah. yeah but while that's great i also i think it would might have been better to sort of make accept that i have a an eye condition uh it it was always kind of i wouldn't say brushed under the carpet but it was i wouldn't it was like okay you know what you have this now just go about your business which i think is good but i think talking about it saying this is a part of my I wouldn't say identity but it's part of my life for as far down the line as i can tell i think i should have accepted which i didn't mm. and um i think now having done that that sort of happened when i started talking about it on stage it just makes it okay you know what i have it i don't have to celebrate it or demonize it mm. but it whether i like it or not it is my filter and the way i look at life and you need assistance in certain things you need assistance you can't avoid it right yeah. if you need someone to help you cross the road no, there's no point saying oh you know i'll do it and get run over it's not going to help anyone True. so i think there is a balance when i think in certain aspects that balance um, came in a little later in my life and so yeah. was then is that when you discovered the unlearning process itself or was that much later no 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 much later that unlearning yeah. happened just as i told you in 2020 that when who i then, am okay. was a question i wanted to revisit or visit for the first time um that's when the unlearning began and it's only been um, the past two years of unlearning but i'm telling you it the 20 years or 30 years let's let's take my i mean i'm 30 i'll be 40 this year but let's take if you want from the time i got diagnosed with this eye condition 30 years of or 30 maybe less 32 years no maybe 29 i don't know my maths is all over the place but <laughs> from 9 to 37 right mm. um or whatever the time frame is it's it's a lot of stuff you hold on to uh emotions memories ideas um and kind of these perspectives on how you receive information mm. and that translates to a lot of stuff in the mind a lot of uh, maybe behavior um, patterns or maybe uh, physical symptoms and all that you know therapy is great but you have to find number one right relationship with your therapist and number two you need to receive that information and process it not just uh, acknowledge it in a rational intellectual way say oh i know i know cognitive behavioral therapy and then go home and forget what the hell happened right mm -hmm. you need to actually feel it mm -hmm. and that while i did start going for therapy in 2017 uh, i think the actual processing and feeling of what i am thinking what has happened what i am feeling what i've been feeling what i want to feel why i do certain things why there are certain habits why there are certain um behaviors why there's a kind of codependence and certain habits that you depend on develop all those things you have to actually feel so the unlearning actually began uh in 2020 and it's been even though 2 years versus 29 years mm. i i i feel or 28 years again my math going back to this 28 years I'm versus not going to help you yeah. no no it's 20, i mean i just want to put two, two, i made it too bad so 2020 um 
But the two years of unlearning, so let's put it since March 2020 to now, has been tremendously liberating. Mm. So it's quite it's quite fascinating how that works. So what is the first step in this journey of unlearning? Is it mm. is it discovering who you are first, or is it a larger purpose of why you're doing it? I think it's. I think it's yeah. I wouldn't say I think the discovering who you are comes a little later because mm. that does in and it, it's not a it's not a one light bulb moment. moment. Yeah, I feel it could be, and that if if you're really sort of in sync, and it's kind of like look at it like this, right? I think it's like having a really dirty pane of glass, mm. and will that, and especially if you add more and more grime onto it over the years that being all your baggage and your various things that you kind of pick up along the way then it it's very unlikely it'll be wiped down in one cleaning mm. you can't just spray it down with uh, windex or whatever and and just go oh cool i have a clean window clean mm. perspective into my true self or these things take time and that's that's where these things like meditation and mindfulness really help um so yeah it, it it's i think the first step is to acknowledge the fact that uh this is what um i'm doing mm. the set of things that i'm doing that i've been you know using as a uh, sort of factors or traits to define who i am mm. so once you separate who you are from what you do i think that's the first step to say that my activities or my career or my hobbies or my passion these are activities that i indulge in uh through this course of life and their experiences that either take away or enhance my life but they are not my life mm, mm. i think that's a big first step uh separating living from working there's mm. no such thing as a work life balance first of all for people listening whichever ceo says i encourage a work life balance he should be fired right away or she should be fired because let me tell you why because the their idea of work life balance is that you work 9 to 5 and you go back home and live First of all, that implies that you're not you're not living through the nine, nine to five. five. Yeah. yeah. So th- that entire concept is out right out of the window from the get go. If you believe in that kind of concept, right? I think living is so fundamental, and it's such a beautiful experience with all its pain and misery and glory and happiness. But you can't take away from life through an activity. You can experience more of life. You can meet more people. You can you can slow down life by working less. You can I mean rather you can slow down your your experience of the day or the night by giving it more mindful um, sort of ways of approaching it. Mm. But life happens irrespective of whether you like it or not, unless it's ended. So stop having that notion in your head that oh you know um, these things are my life. I mean you'll eat, you'll breathe, you'll drink water. That's pretty much what you need to sustain life. But all the rest is how you choose to spend this life. Like in the sense you will make your focus if it's money or whether it's helping mm. or serving. But that's again how you experience the life, right? It does it's not life alone. Yeah. Yeah. So I I, mean, I don't know if I made sense. No, no, you did. You did. I have one more question there Sandeep yeah. before we go into the what and the how. Um If you reflect back, mm. were the moments where you tried to unlearn before and you was unsuccessful, and this time you went consciously into a different style of unlearning, or was this like the first time you attempted an unlearning process? You know, 
I think there might have been signs, mm. and I think it's very easy to look past them when the consequences aren't significant. So, yeah, I mean, it's very easy to get lost in the noise, and that's something I talk about quite a lot in today's day and age with a lot of the stuff that is being thrown at us to distract us, whether it's polarizing um, ideologies, polarizing, um, you know. Um, conflicts which uh, it could be uh, it could be political it could be social i'm saying from everything from the gender debate to politics to social media having its own narrative taking people about and it's just the sad part of that is that it's not giving people a chance to look within and it's not an easy thing yeah so your question was um were there early signs of course there were right i don't think the mind is out there to get you to your own mind i don't think is your worst enemy but it has become and can be your worst enemy if you don't acknowledge the conversation within mm. but i yeah i brush a lot that's why it's, it's taking so long because i'm sure there were signs like i'm sure uh, in fact there's one kind of uh, uh, thing i'll refer to is sort of when i was maybe in my 11th or 12th i had like a bit of a breakdown because all my classmates could uh, take bikes and cars and go out and get out there and be men right mm. which of course now when i look back i'm like what what the fuck was i thinking <laughs> and i i my mom's like no oh, this and I, i cried and i was like i can't be a this thing i'm i'm different i'm not i'm not like the other people and of course you know the mature person now is like good that's your sign and, and now the same person is going i'm glad i have this eye condition because i I don't have to focus on the physical vision of life but I can actually open my inner eye and start looking within and not be distracted by this world which is driven by sight right mm. everything is glamorous lighting glamorous videography glamorous Netflix the shows the light I'm like I can actually close my eyes and not worry about seeing because someone else can do the seeing for me mm. which is now mm. but that that instance when it happened um you know my mom took me to a psychiatrist she immediately she's like oh god my son's gone <laughs> and she must have been like papa let's go straight to a psychiatrist so i went to psychologist <laughs> no straight to a psychiatrist and my uncle he was my uncle who said uh let's why don't you explore the idea of yoga so i that was my first maybe uh chance of thing but then you know i left india for university abroad and the yoga kind of uh, asanas at least wasn't yoga in its true self the classes stopped and then again i went totally i went to the uk mm. can imagine putting a guy who loves drinking loves partying who's not sure about himself who's looking for external validation in a country where it's full of drinking and there are a lot of you know people who are ready to sleep with you and even if they're not there are you know whatever paid options and i went totally berserk i mean whoever's listening right now if you want to know my resources <laughs> <laughs> they all changed as many years back but what i'm trying to get to is it's very easy to go down the path and i don't blame people at all including myself for going down that path because um i'm not the first and i'll surely not the last person to do it uh so like that there were signs which i ignored and i think the you know way to look at things when they come your way like in 2017 that anxiety conversation like why me right it's because of this it was a, it's not it's not a bad thing anxiety is not at all a bad thing it's how you treat it it's how you look at it as a as 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 a benchmark as a signpost saying dude not not everything is right let's 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 slow down let's look at why um this car is not running smoothly right mm. so maybe you have to look at your 
your I mean I don't want to go down the card analogy but you have to look at your life and I fortunately took up the sign then which again 2017-18 and 19 were very rough years with the way I treated people especially in my family and treated myself and I think you have to acknowledge that as well is it's not all the time about people around you but you have to be look at yourself and how you are in a relationship with yourself because we all have a f- fundamental self which is untouched I mean which is really pure but how do you get to that right because mm. we have this outside self which we present to the world and we also present to ourselves and that is a construct of all the things that we've been told is the way to look at life yeah so many times you have to understand and this sort of ties back to that question about where do you start unlearning it starts with this and I didn't start uh, until 2020 how do you look at yourself do you like yourself do you hate yourself do you uh, are you kind in the uh, with the voice you use to talk to yourself are you dismissive are you rude are you brutal to yourself are you um, because i discovered this first thing of when i looked at myself there was this narrative of blame shame guilt and fear which would be i blame uh, you know my family my parents for making me what i am with mm. this i condition i'm ashamed that i blame them i'm guilty of the things i've done and i'm afraid of looking into the future mm. that was the first thing i realized then you um fortunately i was able to change it so now the same things are there blame shame guilt and fear but it's no longer blaming anyone including my parents including myself including society including the world or including god if that's um which you know doesn't have to be a religious god but i mean Uh, higher yeah. consciousness which you belong to mm. um once you start doing that then you realize there's a reason for why you are made the way you are and why th- that goes in the context of purpose which we can do later if you want but no so the blame of course no longer blaming anyone no longer being ashamed of what i I've, i've been made um with all my flaws um no longer guilty for the things that have happened uh because you can't undo the past yeah. and no longer afraid of the future because you can, it's on your hands and then the next thing happens which is you stop focusing and i think this is really really sort of empowering it's really helped me you stop focusing on the and i'm going to sort of use words loosely so i i mean in the sense use i'm going to cuss basically <laughs> you 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 look the biggest thing is you and this happens for a lot of us is we are driven into this narrative where we focus on the shit we can't do like i used to get upset that people would go for a marathon or some other person could drive or some person other person could read and that was that was bugging me i'm like I, why can't i do these things hmm. and when i shifted my mindset from that blame shame guilt and fear to the other side of blame shame which is no longer blaming sh- being ashamed right hmm. i realized no that's not what i am what i am is with all of these things with the flaws with um, with the disability if you want to call it with my condition it's going to be there i can't undo it mm. can't take it away so why focus on what i can't do i'm going to focus on what i can do mm. and that is unlearning mm. it it changes everything it just gives you this it's suddenly like one big chunk of grime taken off that damn glass you know yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like a mindset change. Oh, absolutely! Set, right? It's and it's just that it, you have to feel it. Of course, you can say it. And I know a lot of people who listen to the right self-help books, read the right True. self-help books, or listen to the right podcasts, read the right blogs, but they don't feel it. Yeah. And until you feel it and actually spend that time, which is a little uncomfortable, it could be a month for some people, it could be a day, it could be years for some people. It's your own journey, and you should experience it yourself. But with the distractions, it's very hard to, you know, make some time and say, wait one second, what is going on within 
changing mindset is almost like yeah. a mindfuck. No, more than a yeah, it is, and more than a mindset. I would say starting that conversation, yeah. going, oof, what is what is the person? Mm. And it comes with a lot. It's like this big ball of intertwined emotions and relationships and feelings and behaviors and it's not just one thing. So you have to kind of just look at that, going, "Oh, what a mess! Yeah. <laughs> Where's the housekeeping?" Right? <laughs> But you are the housekeeping, yeah. so you have to address your own mess. Otherwise, no one else can help you. So, and it's a very powerful thing. I don't want people to think, "Oh shit, that means if I can't address it." is at the end of the road yeah. no not at all it's a beginning of the road look at it like that yeah and this starts with you working on it yourself yeah. and that phase of really going through this um mindset change is a complex phase as well yeah because another thing which you should be aware of there are people who will come al- along uh, and you should definitely take help if you need professional help take it if you need personal help take it and but what happens sometimes is if you're in that place and you want someone to hold your hand through it all hmm. yeah it's good to have someone who really can sort of be there and understand the process but if you want someone to save you that again repeats the pattern because that person also is saving you because they want that that's their image which they reinforcing the savior hmm. and that will come with its own set of issues right because they'll always want to save you from something <laughs> yeah the saviors want to save you from themselves from yourself from from a, a moving bus from a from a flying plane from a falling building whatever right but when does the saving stop if you don't save yourself there'll always be someone who'll want to save you from something and hmm. that's a never ending journey So in some ways what you're also saying is you can use the support and the external you need the support you need that yeah but it starts but with you but it's about you it's yeah. all about you you have to build an infrastructure for yourself but the keyword being you have to do it mm. no one else is going to build it for you because if it does mm. it comes with its own the next narrative which is not controlled by you mm. and i mean control in a very good way mm. uh, which you set for yourself mm. let's put it that way it's a set uh, path that you determine and you walk down it and people you decide to get along on the journey because you want them there not because of other things which is a path set for you so therefore as a result there are so many stops that have already been put in your way for you to stop stop have a cup of coffee and then it becomes the same thing like oh if i don't stop here what will they think they might feel bad they might get upset they might not return my call my image will go what will people think that's the same path which you've already been on so why do you want to go down that path this path might have a lot of shrubs and thorns and things but hey once you get past the first pothole or pit stop or the first whatever hurdle to cross you just gather more and more strength knowing if i can do that i can do this like if i can do that i can do this and then you just next thing you know i don't want to sound clichéd but the, the world even the world is not your limit hmm thanks to elon musk you know <laughs> <laughs> mars may be your limit <laughs> yeah are you a big fan of him i like the guy yeah. i like the guy because it's not he's not driven alone by money yeah and it's uh, it's it's refreshing to hear someone um take the piss you know going yeah what's okay what if i put this tweet out I'll, what my 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 stocks were dipped by what 550 billion cool i'm going to tweet it anyway <laughs> it's yeah. it's nice that he does things without you know uh caring too much about the monetary consequences and he takes care of his people yeah. and I, he does it because he does it i don't think he plays around with uh, he doesn't put up put across this sort of hypocrisy where he's like oh we must be you know uh, responsible employers and then do something like hire ch- children to work in his factories mm-hmm. he's just like yeah th- i i want to 
I want technology to advance mankind or human beings and give them a better experience in life. And, and he's going about his business. I don't know the guy. I just have heard him and like all of us, we've, I've heard what he has to say. And I, I, I think he's one of the better ones out there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Now I want to come back to our conversation. So one is you identify and change your mindset. Is the next step really about changing the script for your narrative? Um, if you're a person who believes in a script, of course, go ahead and change it. But I think you start going down this path once you unlearn. Hmm. You start of re want to start relearning. And whoever's told you that learning stops with your school or your job, you need to get them out of your life because learning is forever. Learning is something that keeps us um, as human beings. It keeps us alive. It keeps life exciting. And most importantly, I think that's the human experience to learn. And I'm not saying learning by picking up a textbook. I think learn from everything. Learn from the things that you've done in the past, the things that you shouldn't do in the future. Learn from the conversations you have. Learn from the people you meet. Could be the guy you sat in the cab with. Learn from the person you bought a coffee from. I'm not saying they're going to show you obvious lessons to learn, but there is opportunities to learn everywhere. And and I'm saying when I say learn, it's also unlearn, right? Mm. You can say, wait, why am I, why have I, why have I been doing, why, whoa, what happened there? See, I just have done, learn, <laughs> learn how to speak clearly. Uh, why have I been doing what I've been doing? Or why am I doing it in this particular way? Or like what you did, why, why the hell am I in this, not hell, but why am yeah. I in this job? Why, yeah. why can't I do something different? So it could be so many avenues to explore. So once you start relearning, it, you would be surprised. Sometimes you might just go down a different journey, but sometimes you might go back and take up things you did in the past, but with the intention and most importantly, with your decision to do it. Mm. So like for instance, I, I got back, um, so I, I my big my first step was to get back to doing my asana practice and I found a lovely person to teach me. Um, I did this, I started this OP Rao show. Mm. I was doing Life Con Wrong at the same time, which is a podcast for Spotify. And, and I was not, worried about what people will say oh that guy he's a comedian why is he doing a podcast about adversity or people will always be there to talk just remember that whether you do good or bad whether you are successful or you fail whether you are doing things for a good reason or a bad reason whether you make money or not people will always talk shit about you Mm -hmm. Um, if you want that noise please go ahead and put on the headphones because there's a lot of noise to fill fill your ears once you do things for yourself you don't really care about those noisy distractions and those uh, waves that keep crashing on your ears because they slowly you'd be surprised that you end up having a little bit of more quiet in your life uh, and it's a conscious choice that you make right so then what happens you start learning and I started picking up things that I did in the past my asana practice I started meditating every day and meditating is not like a daunting task right not like sitting there and uh, oh my god my head is in the in the universe it's one with uh, true being no it, it takes you, you're probably suddenly sitting there going gosh neighbor's wife is hot right <laughs> who knows <laughs> and then you realize she's not then your eyesight's gotten worse <laughs> that could be meditating right you can meditate on anything suddenly like whoops I have a hard on like why do I have a hard on during meditating and then you're like oh damn it <laughs> I, I don't know why that example popped up no pun intended <laughs> but <laughs> it's it's you start doing things and uh, I got back to playing golf and it and then you know a really interesting thing happens and you start engaging with certain things that start um, 
making your decisions, start reinforcing. I'm not saying reinforcing is a good or bad thing, but what I mean is when you start doing things because you want to, you start meeting people who are aligned with your way of looking at life. Mm. Not maybe exactly the way you look at life, but they're on the same journey. So the vibrations start sort of building. You start sort of meeting people who you can collaborate with, who are, um, like for instance, I uh, met a person who wants to start blind golf in India. So he reached out to me saying, I want you to head this program. So I started playing golf after many years, which I wrote off saying, I can't see what's the point of this damn game. But now I'm like, you know, there is a way around it. So you start doing it because you want to do it and you don't care about playing a tournament or winning. But I, I don't, I never thought that I'd be at this age going back to the range. I mean, not like I'm old, but taking up the thing again, uh, going to the range five times a week, hitting 200 balls. It's, it's not easy, but I'm doing it. And my wife's like, I haven't seen you this driven, um, you know, since I drove you around. No, jokes apart, that since <laughs> since comedy, right? Since you get up, getting up on stage, the excitement, like, oh, you're going to go play golf. You're really keen on this. I'm like, yeah. Then I took up the guitar again, which again, I'm not playing as much but I, I I didn't do it to start a band or for someone to be like oh god can you put up a YouTube video of guitar no I just play it if I do I hit a few strings and I'm happy hmm. so I'm saying you start getting satisfaction not only by learning um, not by big learning not by big things that you can show off but you start getting um, satisfaction from the small things like oh cool I just realized that if I keep my hand this way when I'm playing the guitar it's less painful. That's something which gives you satisfaction. It could be a little little note you discovered. It could be a little shot that you learned how to hit. I'm just giving examples from my... In, in some thing. ways, what you're also saying is you're sort of internalizing this whole journey yeah. and recognizing the small wins, the small victories. Yeah. And that's the whole relearning. That's all we have in right? life, right? Yeah. It's not always going to be riding off into the sunset carrying... Um, you know, a trophy or an Oscar and having people going, oh, the, the award, and I'd like to thank my family and my parents. No, that's <laughs> very unlikely. And if it does happen, you're going to have 30 cameras saying, can you stand like this when you're looking? It's, it's miserable. Yeah. I mean, it may not be, but if that's your, that's your thing, whatever floats your boat, right? But that's entirely what life is, a collection of experiences, some good, some not so good, some which may be better than others, some which may be worse than others. But if you don't take your life into your own hands and understand those experiences for what they are. The next thing you know, you're going to wake up one day going, what have I lived? Who have I lived for? Mm. And why have I done what I've done? And who have I done it for? So, I mean, if that's what you want to do, go ahead by all means, because you're not, you won't be the first and you'll definitely not be the last. But why not give it a shot? Because trust me, life ain't that bad. Yeah, 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 so true. I I sound like a holly, life ain't that bad. (laughs) I I sort of... uh, I'm reminded of this Snoop Dogg's thing. I want to thank me. You have you have you seen that? No. It's about. Uh, I think he's taking some award, and he's gone onto the stage and he's like, people normally say I want to thank my mom yeah, and yeah. everybody, and he talks about how he wants to thank himself mm. uh, for the journey that he's come yeah. this far with. I saw, and you know, someone would be like, oh. Man, that guy, what an ego, how can he say that? But I'm pretty sure he means it from this point. That, man, you, you, uh, it's, it's such a strange thing when you do things differently, right? Mm. You're demonized. Mm. Oh, look at that person, selfish. We use words like that, right? Selfish, only thinks about himself. It's very different. You know, there are, of course, there are people who are doing the checkbox, tick the checkboxes that society has told them to checkbox and go ahead and do everything, screw people over, become a CEO. 
and they are re- celebrated, right? Look at their stock options. Look how much they worth. Look at this yeah. house they bought. Look at this thing they bought. Look at the deal she got for that movie. I mean, do you rather have that as your trophies, norms, and trophies? Yeah. Do you want those kind of people to I uh, to sort of hold up and say this is what we want as um, if you want to use the word role models, but what society uh, should be driven by? Or do you want people saying you know what I don't want your accolades. I just want to. be left alone and live my life for my experience that i want to create for with the people i want to create and for all you know some of the things i do to get those experiences will help others mm. and i'm not here to put down anyone i'm not here to drag someone down because my ego is bruised i'm not here to say someone's bad because it doesn't suit my narrative and i don't have a script but i want a story which i enjoy and it'll have a lot of elements and i'm going to kind of figure it out as it goes along isn't that better if we all can do that for each uh, for ourselves because yeah. then as a collective we're not out to get someone we're not out to hurt someone we're not out to bring down someone it becomes a better place to live right true true for everyone involved yeah and i don't mean for me for yeah, each person for everybody yeah yeah and sandeep is this a one time journey or when you start relearning do you unearth new spaces of unlearning again is it like a continuous cycle does it ever end who knows <laughs> <laughs> i don't <laughs> i mean i'm only 2 years in uh, 28 years of uh, see again 26 years in maybe 35 i don't know the maths <laughs> <laughs> i'm just fucking with you just so this is a running theme just like was it 3 years or i know but yeah for sure be i think what unlearning helps you is to be uh, is to not get too comfortable and too stuck in a certain way anything goes and just go with the flow i know those are just cliched words you've heard but you really feel like you know what i, I even surprises become surprising and not you, because those we, we what we say right we say like don't get stuck in your comfort zone but of course we do because we don't like surprises especially uh, i'll tell you what it is i think when things are good we don't want it to change hmm. when things are bad we want it to change because when you're not getting those millions of views when you're not getting the corporate gigs or you're not getting the bonus or you're not getting the promotion you're like why is my life like you always if you notice and this is something you always ask the questions which are tough when things are not going well yeah you never ask questions which are uh, which are which are important when things are going well right yeah you you never ask when you you're on a holiday and you're you're staying at a seven star or whatever maybe right whatever your ambitions are or when you're getting that award why did i deserve this or is what i'm doing healthy for me right you never look at your habits your dependencies your relationships when things are going well yeah. so look at when things go wrong and this is one of the reasons why i did life gone wrong as a podcast um is that's when you change and a friend of mine who's a psychiatrist um dr sham but oh yeah. yeah he's a friend of mine too yeah. yeah he said a very important thing he said when things happen when you face adversity you of course a lot of times when whether it's with the people right now in ukraine expect uh, experiencing horrific um situations and uh, uncertainty there's a lot of trauma right a lot mm. of people don't know what the future holds for the children especially and a lot of people either go through an accident personal loss uh, you said you were three when your father passed away and you don't really remember too much but if you were older maybe you would have it would have a lot more profound effect on you right as a thing and 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 for you know it probably possibly does because yeah. you what experience as an infant also is very 
um, could have a long-lasting impact. Impact. Uh, did I say impact? Please take that out, Vishnu. <laughs> But he doesn't uh, edit all that. Okay? Hey, please impact. I sound like one Google impact. <laughs> so, Sham mentioned this very interesting concept called traumatic growth. Mm. When you're put through a certain situation, the growth that comes out as a result of the trauma could be incredibly liberating and something which you might have never experienced if you didn't go through that. So it's quite amazing, right? Tell me that again. No, so the fact that we always think that wrong leads to more wrong, but ah, wrong, and each person's wrong is different. Someone could be a divorce, for someone it could be as crazy as getting diagnosed with a disease. Someone yeah. could be like, oh, I chipped my nail. Ooh, yeah. Could be so, a game changer. Yeah, it, I mean, but I'm saying that the the the, the trauma mm. could result in you going wait a second. I mean, it might not be like aha moment, yeah. but it could be that that's what you needed for your life to change yeah. and that change in a positive way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you were just looking into that grimy glass saying, oh yeah, that's, this is my lot in life. Maybe you're in an abusive relationship and that what that abuse could be that thing that sets you on that path to leaving that relationship and going to places which you never thought you'd go to. Yeah. Could be for anyone. I, I, I don't impose that example on any person. But um, to, uh, to come back to that point of growth, um, you know, when we, we, we tend to only kind of latch on to something which is good and not let go then. So unlearning will, I think, Um, teach you one thing that nothing is constant happiness comes and goes sadness comes and goes good comes and goes bad comes and goes nothing is permanent and I think unlearning helped me with that mm. and a friend of mine who runs this uh, he's, a, he's a mind coach um, and he said this and he really helped me with one thing he said why are you worried let's go so I went to him and he took me to a park he said I'm taking away your cane now you are going to lead me around this park Mm. And he made me do things like walk down a footpath without a cane. And he said, I'm here. If you, what's the worst case, you'll fall down. So that let go of a lot of the anxiety my body was holding on to. And he said, Sandeep, when you start taking decisions for yourself and start doing things because you want to do them, that is when you start building trust in yourself. Mm. And once you build trust in yourself, that's when you just let go. Sandeep, I've been the quietest. I think this has been a very powerful podcast session for me because I talk I too much no 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 <laughs> no 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 no, too no, much. no 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 I think uh, it's been very profound mm. um, and it comes true from the journey itself right it's not just some jargon or books that I you've read this comes from experience and deep down and there's so much reality and truth in this whole um, you know explanation you're giving and I can relate with every bit not just as me but you know it applies to small things in life it applies to larger things whether you're changing jobs you're getting married or like you know a new child is born you know every mm. aspect one goes through some of these journeys mm. and i think the clarity in which you went through first to explain the process itself mm. and also the nuances one needs to sort of keep in mind Uh, which is all about you. I, I think at the core of it, what you're saying is it's all about you. It's it's about you taking charge, yeah. you being the decision maker, you making the choices, and you being kind to yourself mm-hmm. in this process to transform. 
which is the individual change journey itself isn't it it is and i think it's important to realize uh, that there's no there's no time limit right don't mm. give it like a goal like five year plans all mm. these things are very um, uh, easily put out there and mm. a lot of people you'll hear uh, especially in the space of motivation and self help that you know you have to set benchmarks and goals and do whatever works for you and remember that all these things i think uh, i think many people mean well mm. i don't think people are out there to harm people but it's also again perception right mm. and that's one more thing which is very important is if there are only so many senses we all have some have all some don't have all some have more acute senses some people have more enhanced ways of um you know receiving information but that's all it is it's information which is in your surroundings yeah and it's your perception which is what is determining the way you live now you can let others affect that perspective uh, shape it manipulate it use it to suit them use it to keep you off balance mm. so if you want to do that that's exactly what society um in its current un- state, yeah. not a good sh- state yeah. is doing yeah. is you know keep people arguing keep people insecure keep people fighting about some damn stupid shit which is not even uh, that Historical. important i mean yeah. yeah you might say how can you say that about gender i mean of course it's important but it's a personal journey it's your gender you've decided to choose that particular path but instead you're fighting you're yelling you're not having the conversation that you need to with yourself So if that is the path and if that is how you want your perspective to be shaped then you know that's sadly not going to be good for any of us because you won't let anyone else enjoy their perspective right mm. so again i mean i'm not taking away from any issue i think each person has their own right to feel a certain way and decide how they want to do this thing but with this distraction and shaping of perspectives what happens is that you even if you decide say for something as you know like a, a gender neutral kind of decision a topic of a gender right yes while it's very personal and i think every person has a right to choose i, I i'm not commenting on the actual topic when the narrative when the narrative and so the perspective is being shaped by everyone else except you then even that you don't get to enjoy it if you say you've chosen a certain decision to become a woman transition from a man to a woman but you're not doing it because you want to then again you're at the mercy of this manipulation of this dependency on the outside world of this validation to be celebrated right you're, it's never good enough when does it end mm. so that's why it's how you decide to um receive the information i think that's why it's so powerful to have your own perspective and shape it and no and by no means is it fixed once it's set it keeps changing because you grow you change you become bad at times you go become better you go into a more profound understanding you become but that's life right yeah. you age maybe you don't age well so maybe you'll age better later <laughs> who knows <laughs> but that's the thing just let go trust in yourself and in this process mm. one of the things i'm also seeing is while in the early stages before your unlearning starts you're more bothered about perspectives the external perspectives what mm. you're also the influences to, yeah, yeah absolutely right what yeah. you're also alluding towards is in the latter stage once you finish the unlearning process or you're comfortable in it that perspective is no longer about the external influences it's more about you yeah and i don't mean you in a selfish way mm. you become more understanding you become more 
uh, empathetic, if you mm. want to use that word. You become more tolerant because you realize that, you know what, not everyone's out to get me because when it becomes all about the outside shaping your perspective or shape, the influence is shaping your perspective, then it's you again go down that narrative of the blame, shame, guilt, guilt and fear mm. thing, right? Because that's when you're like, oh, because of them, because he did this, I'm feeling like this. Because mm. they didn't do this, I, I missed out. Because of their promotion, I don't have a chance. Because he's famous, I'm not. That's not going to help you. But once you say, you know what, there's no because of. There's mm. no because of him. There's no because of their success. I can do and I've chosen to do what I can do. And it's not a fair world, of course. But you realize they are not out to get you. And it's not their, not waking up in the morning, unless they be the very rare person whose entire life motive is to ruin someone. There are very few, fortunately, like that. But I don't know them. Mm. But it's very rarely the case where the entire group is out to get you. It's That's your perspective. What has unlearning unleashed to you? <laughs> well, a whole damn world filled with possibility. <laughs> no, it's, um, I think it's given me a new way and a new confidence. Interesting. Yeah, and it's a confidence which is truly mine. It's not dependent on success or failure. It's not dependent on achievement. It's just given me a sense, and I think more than anything, it's given me a sense of peace. Yeah, I, I, you do understand. I'm on that journey. I think the last time we talked about this, yeah, the whole second life was to really rediscover. Yeah, you know, when you're in the corporate world, you're in a rut. You're in a mm. race of sorts. There's money and there's fame and there's name. Yeah, and and you that's what we're telling most of society, at least a generation, to get into, right? Yeah. And you sort of lose your priorities somewhere, yeah. I think. And I think when you come back, the starting of the journey is very confusing. Mm. It's very scary uh, because you're internalizing. Yeah. You're sort of becoming your own critique in some ways. Mm. And I think once you come out of that, to your point... The world is an opportunity. Yeah. Uh, the kind of things you can do because you've rediscovered yourself. Yeah. And your priorities are different. And you understand what your life priorities are. And, and so you realize all these things are just words and concepts, but it, you actually feel it. Yeah. And we are just using words because that's the medium we've chosen. Yeah. But actually, you don't need self-help books once you get to this place. Or even if you don't need it. I mean, I, I think there are some great... Um, there's some great literature out there to help you yeah. but once you start feeling it why would you start using flowcharts and goal books or whatever I mean it, of course you can I'm not I'm not saying these are bad things but when you start feeling it why would you theorize about it why do you make it a concept mm. you just feel it which is crazy right you can't put words sometimes to feelings and that's where you want to be like how you like how you how you feeling how is unlearning feeling yeah, I don't have words. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I do have words, but I'm trying to say it's, it's a good feeling. Yeah, yeah. But it's a sickness which people are promoting in today's day and age. Yeah. You want more and more people to have your smartphones. They across the the bandwidth of budgets. You want to pepper them with stuff to increase the noise levels. You want to hook them onto platforms. You want to hook them onto shopping things. You want to show them that they are not good enough, but there's always someone who's worse off or better off than them. Then you get them caught in this loop. Then you build an entire investment industry around mental health then you keep them even more sick you keep them you keep them uh, wanting uh, you keep them more greedy you keep them 
um, wanting better food, greedier food, richer food, then you make them physically unwell. Then you have them, now you have a population that's mentally unwell, physically unwell. You have a, so it's a great model that we've uh, built for ourselves, right? So when does it end? Yeah. Never. Because there's always going to be someone richer than you, always going to be someone poorer than you. I mean, emotionally, um, they might be someone who's happier than you, yeah. who's sadder than you. There'll always be someone prettier than you, uglier than you, fatter than you, thinner than you. So, you, it's about fucking time that you look at your life because yeah. it's better for you. Yeah. Not does this early. does this happen more when you enter the forties, or have you seen people who are going through this journey? I haven't entered my forties yet. Uh, yeah, no, one thing you're thirty nine. Premi- huh? One thing I'm not going to be premature about. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, I think. You know, I think there's a lot of opportunity that has come with this information age. Yeah. I just feel everyone knows, as you said, everyone knows these words like priorities, empathy, um, my decision, my feeling. But if you don't apply it and don't feel it, what's the point, right? Yeah. Because then it just becomes, it's great, right? You sit at a coffee shop and talk about, you know, Eckhart Tolle's book about peace and inner living and mindfulness and yoga and asanas and, but if it's just ends there at the coffee shop it's just again like it's just so much noise yeah it's the internalization of you time. need to feel it yeah yeah like like that like that feeling like the VIP feelings <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I think it really um, it's hard to explain how to tell someone to feel it but you can't that's yeah. the beauty of it yeah. and that's the hard part maybe someone be like no nah, but in, in, in this era of quick fixes get rich quick get fit quick mm. get thin quick whatever it may be yeah. it's a very difficult concept or not even a concept it's difficult to tell someone that it might take a long time Patience. but until you start on that path once you start on the path every small thing and then you don't even know there's an end to this path because every small thing is exciting every small Failure is not the end of the world. Yeah, it's it's you find a balance, and as I said earlier, when when you asked me, give me a sense of confidence, peace, and you get a sense of balance as well, which is very important because if you're going extremes of happiness and sadness, then this, the middle becomes a very scary place to be. True, true. And if you look at the world right now, it's extremes, right? Yeah, you either is. hate something or you love something. You yeah. either why can't we left be left or right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why can't something be? The middle is a nice place. It's uh, nice and grey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what next is comedy still happening stand yeah, up why still not? on why not uh, I think um, definitely um, something I'd like to continue doing it's been 12 years and I don't um, and this is the thing right you ask whether I'm unlearning continues um, I'm okay to say I'm okay with the idea that I might not do shows again I might not continue with stand up but I'm also okay with the idea of saying I've done 12 years but I'm okay to start from scratch mm. and re uh, invent myself as mm. a comedian mm. that might take one month might take one year maybe it means I come back in five years who knows mm. but I'm okay with that I'm okay with that uncertainty because I, I know I'm funny it's just that what kind of funny do I You're want to put right that? funny I mean <laughs> I, I've, I I think I've come to a couple of shows in person mm. um, I think the first one I came um, I didn't know you mm. and so I didn't know that you had this um, you know vision oh, my eyes thing. Right, thing. Right, right, right. And but it was damn funny and then later on I got to know and didn't change a bit for me because 
you still continued the sense of humor was just i don't know it's a very sarcastic sense of humor yeah. and i love that bit about you yeah and that's a strange thing because you have to grow right and that's where this thing comes from like this lockdown everyone's like oh my god comedy is gone online shows and that's the most miserable way of doing jokes is to people who are on mute <laughs> fucking <it's> ridiculous <laughs> I, i did a couple of corporates I me mean, i needed the money but otherwise like so if i want people are coming for the show all will be on mute i said what do you want me to laugh at myself for what <laughs> idiotic combat people are like no i need to do shows others are, because they have this fear that they'll forget how to be how can you forget if you're really like doing something you spend time honing that craft and there is a certain amount of naturalness that comes to it why are you scared of letting go it's okay let it take some time sit at home and write jokes see experience what you're feeling that comedy can come if you need the money of course go ahead and do it we all need to earn yeah. money so do the shows but don't think that you will forget or you will become bad okay if you become bad you will get that such opportunity for you to say hey wait a second why am i bad let me strengthen my writing strengthen my performance my delivery there's so many things that go into making a show right yeah so that's what it could be in anything right could be with your job could be with uh, the arts could be some this is where you should be okay to say i'm okay to let go for now because i trust in myself if it has to happen and i really want to say something there'll be a way i'll come back and do it yeah it doesn't have to be like where's my next show i'm desperate you know and that's the thing which also can be used against you yeah and uh, yeah so where what's next of course comedies down um for now i i have um, some big things coming my way with uh, personally so i have to take some time and chill with my family and um my podcast was definitely going to continue hmm. and um, hopefully meet more and more people like you and keep absolutely. this uh, conversation going absolutely yeah sandeep thank you so much um, hey i have one more question sorry sorry yeah yeah um, what is this conversation like for you you know it's 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 something which i've thought about where i don't want to repeat this spiel about myself uh because that again gets a little um you know it gets a little how do you put it like it becomes a bit of a spiel which you don't feel and i don't want that to be like i'm just saying it out of autopilot mm. like oh i lost my eyes at eight i lost i don't want that to ever think i i don't want to over um uh, kind of overshadow anything that i've been through at the same time i don't want to glorify it because a lot of times when you look at it in hindsight you tend to put filters that aren't real mm. and i don't want to do that and um I genuinely want to use what I've been through um as a learning for me as and also unlearning for me as we've discussed today but I also want it if people can relate to it um mainly re- I w- I don't want to take away the honesty from what it, what I've been through and uh, I don't want to sort of make it a script that I keep reusing mm. so today was great in that way it was um made me think and made me actually uh, really feel uh, what I was saying and um, yeah i think for the i mean for all of it i i really had to sort of go back and not just say okay let me use this from last times uh, from another podcast i did which you know i haven't <laughs> but let me think through this um and try to put myself back in that situation and try to juxtapose that with what i'm feeling today no thank you so much i think when we discuss first of all it was a cold um uh, attempt right like for me 
um, I just wrote to you, hmm. and I wasn't even expecting you to respond. Oh, that's the best way. <laughs> cold, cold, cold calling is the best. It was like, yeah. uh, and you did, and I was like, wow. And uh, I think then we pivoted on unlearning, and yeah, and this was a unscripted, complete conversation that went through. Um, without any full stops and I thoroughly enjoyed it. No, you're great at listening. I'm sorry. I would have just been like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> I can't shut up. I'm so bad. But I'm getting better. Like I, I tell my, in my introduction to the podcast as well, I'm like, hey, as always, guys, I ask a lot of questions and I don't let them answer. <laughs> but I think that you were fantastic with just letting um, the flow and letting me speak. So I appreciate that. Thanks. Because I know it's not easy. No, thank you. I mean, for me, I could relate with every aspect of your journey. And I think a lot of them should be able to correlate with this. It's yeah. about internalizing them. On, you know. Yeah, I think it's. I think everyone has it in them. Yeah. I think uh, it's not that difficult to uh, take a step back and say, you know what, don't, don't worry about comfort zone, all these words, these cliches, these terms. Yeah. If it helps you, it helps you. But Otherwise, just just chill. Life isn't that tough. Life isn't doesn't. You don't have to make it that difficult. Yeah. You don't have to make it that compelling. You don't have to make an impact. Relax. Sometimes you can just exist. You can live, and you'd be surprised if you keep your keep your eyes open and not just wait for that big success. You never know what will come your way, and you should enjoy it. Yeah. I'm not trying to preach, but yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I think it was a complete uh, pleasure having you here in my show. My pleasure being here and all <laughs> the best for the rest of the series and for all the other guests you get. And thanks for inviting me to be on here. Thank you. <laughs>